Ezra chapter number 9. Uh, this morning I preached a message that applies to our God and Country Sunday. I wanted to preach a message tonight uh, that was certainly fit with the day, but also uh, prepare us as a church uh, for the days ahead. And I believe the Lord has uh, brought me to a message tonight that I think will be a help to us in Ezra chapter number 9. Ezra uh, is a, an interesting book. Uh, Ezra points out a problem, uh, and that's the children of Israel. God's people had gotten away from God. Uh, simply put, they had gotten away from the Word of God, the commandments of God. And we find an interesting passage of Scripture in Ezra chapter number 9. We'll begin reading in verse number 5. Now the evening sacrifice, I arose up from my heaviness, and having rent my garments and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God. It would be a good thing in our nation if we humbled ourselves again. Uh, we were grieved uh, by the condition of our nation. Uh, that's, that, that is the problem in our nation, that, as I see it. A great problem amongst God's people is that our condition just doesn't bother us. Uh, the condition of our, we like to complain about it, and I think it's okay to complain about some, some things in our nation, uh, but what are we going to do about it? It would be good if we, if we grieve the condition of our uh, nation again. Verse 6, and said, Oh my God, I am ashamed and blushed to lift up my face to thee, my God, for our iniquities are increased over our head, and our trespass has grown up into the heavens. Since the days of our fathers have we been in a great trespass unto this day, <clears throat> for our iniquities have we, our kings and our priests, been delivered into the hand of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, and to a spoil, and to confusion of face as it is this day. And now for a little space, grace hath been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. Verse 8 is a great verse. It's a verse that uh, we can hold to. And no matter how far uh, a people, a nation, get away from God, and God's such a good God, He gives us that little space of grace, a uh, way to get back to Him. A Christian in your own life, uh, you can get away from God. Don't, don't, don't get away from Him. Don't, young people, don't go try the things of this world. Don't do it, don't do it. But aren't you thankful that when we do get away from God, He does give us a space of grace? Uh, that's a message in itself. Don't miss the space of grace. Uh, don't miss it. Uh, verse 9, for we, are, we were bondmen, yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage. Uh, aren't you thankful for that? that? Even when we have to pay for the, the, we have to, to reap the consequences of our wrongdoing, God doesn't forsake us. God doesn't leave us. Uh, but hath extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us a reviving, to set up the house of our God and to repair the desolations thereof, and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. And now, O our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken thy commandments, which thou hast commanded by the servants of the prophets, saying, The land into which ye go to possess it is an unclean land with the filthiness of the people of the lands, with their abominations, which have filled it from one end to another with their uncleanness. Much could be said, and many messages can be preached uh, from this passage of Scripture tonight. But did you see it in verse number 11? Which thou hast commanded by the servants of the prophets, saying, The land unto which ye go 
to possess it. It is an unclean land with the filthiness of the people of the lands. Our theme for the year has been to possess the land. And possess the land, uh, certainly this land that we're on right now, but to fulfill the promises that God has given to each and every one of us. But I want to look at this passage of Scripture tonight, and I want to preach on this subject, lessons to learn when possessing the land. Lessons to learn when possessing the land. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we uh, thank you for a good day already. Uh, We thank you for what you did this morning. We thank you for the fellowship tonight. We thank you for the good music. Uh, We thank you for the fact that we are redeemed. Uh, We thank you for our salvation. We thank you for our nation. Uh, We thank you for the freedom that we have. Uh, Father, you could have allowed us to uh, be born in any part of this world, but uh, and many of us were born in other parts of the world, but uh, you brought us to this point, to this place, to this nation, uh, so that we might, uh, in freedom, uh, serve you. Father, I pray that you'll bless our church. I pray that you'll uh, bless us in the days ahead. May our uh, faith be expanded. May we continue to depend on you, to uh, trust you, and uh, do all that we can uh, to magnify your name. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Sunday school lessons have certainly uh, uh, dealt with it in our theme this year of possessing the land. We know that in the book of Deuteronomy, as we've been studying, uh, there's a generation that is going to possess the land that God had preserved for His people. And it's a reminder that when God makes a promise, uh, He will fulfill His end of the promise. Many times, we don't hold up our end. And that's why many promises aren't fulfilled. And I remind you very quickly that sometimes we as Christians, we look to God and say, God, why haven't you come through for me? It's not that God hasn't come through for us. It's that we haven't kept our end of the bargain. We haven't been obedient in areas that we should be obedient. But God had promised the children of Israel their own land. There was a generation, as we've seen, as we've gone through the book of Deuteronomy in our Sunday school lessons, of how there was a generation that God refers to as an evil generation. Uh, They believed their enemies, the size of their enemies, more than they believed the word of their God. We know the story, and I'm not going to take time to expand on it too much this evening, but uh, there was a generation that said, we'll not go, uh, we'll, we'll not follow how God leads us, and they wandered in that wilderness until that generation died off. Now in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is leading a new generation to fulfill the promise that God has made. He tells them over and over to possess the land. Go and take what God has promised. Go and take what God has waiting for you. A generation behind you could have had it. They let it slip away through their disobedience. But now they are going to go and possess that land. We've applied that truth and 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 we've looked at the book of Deuteronomy through that lens, if you will, of possessing that which God has promised. And certainly we as the Emmanuel Baptist Church, I believe we've done our best to follow the leading of the Lord and and to take that which God has for us. And I'll say it again tonight as your pastor, I want each and every member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church to have everything God will give you. To have every blessing that you can receive, to have every fulfillment of every promise that God has ever made. And our challenge to us as individuals is to go and receive the promises of God and to see those things fulfilled 
in our own life. But I believe it as well that as a church that there are things that God will give a group of people who just by faith say, we're going to follow God. By faith, we're going to get everything from God that we can possibly give. We're going to reach every soul that we can possibly reach. We're going to see God bless in ways that He has possibly done. <clears throat> if I could say it like this, we don't look in the in the past in our own history, but in generations behind us and say, look at what God did and look at how big God was and look at the things that God has accomplished. No, I believe that in this day, in this hour, there's a land that God's people can possess because God is still God. God is still on His throne. God still wants to do for His people. He wants us to possess the land. Now we come to the book of Ezra. Many years prior, we find that generation who possessed the land. They fulfilled the promise that God had given them. They took the land that God had set aside from them. Think with me just for a moment, week after week, as we've been in the Sunday school hour, there is a theme that goes through the book of Deuteronomy as Moses tells the people to possess the land. Don't leave the commandments of God. Don't leave the word of God. Don't leave what God has told you. And as long as you stay in the commandments of God, God will bless you. God will lead you. God will provide you. Fast forward generations. And now God's people are in captivity. Now God's people have been oppressed. Now God's people are in bondage. Now God's people are far removed from that promise. They don't see it like that generation saw it as it was just in front of them to go and take what God had given them. Notice in our text this evening as, 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 as Ezra speaks of the heaviness and, and how he's rent his clothes and, and he, he's humble before God and and how the, the sins of the people have gone up, up to God. And God is very aware of the situation. And now He calls on this space of grace where, where there can be a reviving of the people. And how even in their bondage, God has never left them. Even in their bondage, God has never forsaken them. And then we come to an interesting verse in verse number 11. When they're reminded of verse 10, and now, O oh our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken thy commandments, which thou hast commanded by the servants, the prophets, saying, The land unto which ye go to possess it. The land that God's people were to possess was a land that would, had to be conquered. It would be conquered through the power of God. It would be conquered by just belief in God. Now I think sometimes we as Christians see the promises that God, and we look at those promises and we say, I want that. I want God. It, it, isn't it a wonderful promise that, 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 a, that, that, that a Christian young man and a Christian young lady in the will of God uh, could, could, could be married and have a home that God will bless? What a wonderful promise that is. But you got to go and take that promise. And you got to realize that just because there's a promise that God has and you can possess it, doesn't mean there's not battles that have to be fought. Isn't it wonderful that we can encourage ourselves in this wicked, wicked world and 
we have children to rear, and, and we know that from the promises of God, we can rear our children to serve the Lord. We can keep them clean and keep them pure. It's a promise that God says if we'll follow the word of God. That doesn't mean that we don't live in an unclean land. As a church, God's been good to us. We sit here tonight, a fulfillment, I believe, of God's promises that if you'll just be faithful, if you'll just trust me, if you'll just follow, that I'll provide and give you beyond and, and, and ladies and gentlemen, I believe with my whole heart we're, we're still on the cusp of what God wants to do and will do and be, use us in a great, great way. But we go to possess it. That doesn't mean the battle is over. And we have an interesting passage of Scripture that I believe ties in with the book of Deuteronomy and that generation to go and possess the land, to take a hold of it, and the commandments are referred to in verse number 10. And friend, just because we fulfill one promise of God and we're enjoying the blessings of a promise of God doesn't mean there's commandments that we can ignore now. It doesn't mean that we can relax a little bit. It doesn't mean all the battles have been won. It doesn't mean there's nothing left for us to do. See, when you're wondering, waiting for God to deliver the promise, your ear stays tuned to His will and you're following as He leads. But there's something about that the God's people who they follow, we fall into this trap of, I've got the fulfillment of this promise. We've possessed the land. Now everything's going to be fine. But while God's people possessed the land, there was the enemies of God who would try and take the land from them. They would try and take it in many ways. They'd try and take it in conquering them. But they would succeed in taking it by deceiving them. There's some practical applications, some lessons, if you will, that I think we can learn when possessing the land that will help us from making mistakes that God's people, the children of Israel, made. Number one, I want you to look with me at verse 1 and 2. Now, when these things were done, the princes came to me saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the lands, doing according to their abominations, even of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken of their daughters for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands, Yea, the hand of the princes and the rulers have been chief in their, this trespass. The first lesson that we need to learn when possessing the land is don't give up separation. We find in verse number 1, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the lands. What made Israel special is that they were different. They were chosen by God and they were different. God had given them a land, and they failed to realize, and they failed to be reminded that what made them special is they were different. There's always a danger in God's people when God blesses. One of the first things that they want to do is they want to give up their separation. And friend, it's just very simple. There are things in Scripture that, that we as God's people are forbidden to be a part of. 
There are things that we should have no interest in. There's some things that we should not participate in. There's things that we should not partake in. I know that it's 2019, but the Bible is still true, and there are things that God's people are forbidden to take part in. We're still to be a holy people. And while we might can breathe a little bit of a sigh, although we have much to do in the weeks to come. There's one thing that we've got to understand as we possess the land. We take hold of the promises that God has given to us is not to make the same mistake that God's people made, that the people of Israel made in giving up their separation and saying, let's, let's fit in. Now that we're in this land, let's fit in a little bit more. And they drop their walls of separation. Friend, you and I must be reminded that what makes us special is what makes us different. We are children of God. We are saved by the grace of God. We're not better than anybody because it's Christ who does the work in us, but because we are children of God, because we are saved by the grace of God, we are to be different. God's people should act different, talk different, dress different, go different places. That's just the reality of it. The conversation of God's people should be different. We ought to be focused on spiritual things. Uh, If we're going to not fall into the same trap, we can't give up our separation. I I still believe that a a preacher of the gospel ought to be separated. He ought to be separated in a holy manner. But he ought to be separated in a scriptural manner from even, quote-unquote, other spiritual peoples. It's not my goal, it's not my goal and desire to be unpopular, but my desire is not to be popular. My desire is to be scriptural. We must hold to that which makes us different. You want to know we've heard more than anything? The feedback I've gotten more than anything uh, by new people who since just in the two weeks that we've been here, besides the fact that you have such a good-looking pastor, besides that, the feedback that I've gotten more than anything else is because church is church the way it used to be. Because you sing the hymns. It feels like church. What makes us unique Are the very things that so many churches are trying to give up today to fit in. Friend, we've got to keep our separation. Secondly, look at me in verse number 10. Now, O our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken thy commandments. Second lesson we need to learn when possessing the land is don't forsake the commandments. The people of Emmanuel Baptist Church have been faithful people. We have held to the word of God. In good times and bad times and mountaintops and valleys and in battles and times of excess, God, uh, we, have, we have obeyed the word of God. We have followed the commandments of God. When we follow God, what would Moses tell that generation? Just keep the commandments. Just follow the commandments. There's your land. You've just got to go possess it. God's already conquered it. God has it for you. All you have to do is possess it. And when you get there, keep His commandments. We fast forward generations and they failed to keep His commandments. 
And now they find themselves in a mess. And secondly, the second lesson we've got to be reminded of is we, we can't forsake the commandments of God. Christian, you must heed the commandments of God. Hey, church member, you must heed the commandments of God. Parent, you must heed the commandments of God. Christian, we must hold to the commandments of God. It's the responsibility of your pastor to remind all of us of the commandments of God and that which we must follow and that which we must adhere to. Don't forsake the commandments of God. This is what happens. A, a group of people, a, a, a family, a child of God begins to follow the word of God. And in doing so, they get some things settled in their life. And then God begins to bless them. And God begins to bless them. And you can see the blessings of God. You can see God blessing their life. You can, it's almost like everything they touch works out great, and it's because of God's blessings. And then they get to a place where they're receiving the blessings, receiving the blessings, and they stop following the commandments. Because they have forgotten that it's the commandments that brought the blessings. The same can happen to a church. There are churches that were once thriving. Churches that were once examples of all to see of God's blessing. And God blessed and blessed and blessed. Then they veered from the commandments of God. And the blessing stopped. Friend, don't let that be the story of your life. Don't let that be the story of your home. I pray this never the story of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Let's hold to the commandments of God. Hey, God, God is blessing us, and He's going to continue to bless us. And how we keep those blessings is we keep following the commandments of God. Young people, follow the commandments of God. Older people, keep following the commandments of God. Life really isn't that complicated. Follow the Word of God. Follow the Word of God. Follow the Word of God. Thirdly, we find in verse number 6, and this is a principle that so many don't get. Let's go back and read verse 5. And, and at the evening sacrifice, I rose up from my heaviness, and having rent up garment, rent my garment and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God, and said, O oh my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee, my God. Think about that. He is so embarrassed at the condition of the nation to even show his face to God. For our iniquities are increased over our head and our trespasses grown up into the heavens. What a word picture. The scripture gives us. And as Ezra deals with the condition and <clears throat> what a picture he is painting. Any failure, any wickedness, any failure to follow the commandments of God ought to shame us. But certainly for the land 
for the people to be in a condition where he describes the iniquities so far over their head that they reach all the way to heaven. To be so great for him to even lift his face toward God that he blushes. Imagine, can you picture the last time that you were really embarrassed and you could feel the heat rise in your cheeks? And you couldn't tell what shade of glow you were, but you knew you were blushing. You knew you were embarrassed. In the sight of God, he blushed to even show his face at the condition of the people. The third thing we need to learn is this, and I'll make my point, is allowance leads to excess. Allowance leads to excess. For us to fully understand how we get to the place that is described in Scripture in Ezra chapter 9, you have to go back to generations prior where just a little allowance was made. Never did that generation that possessed the land, that saw the land that Moses pointed to them and entered into that land, never would they have imagined when they made just a little allowance that the condition would get to a point where, as Ezra describes, where it's embarrassing to show their face before God, to where the iniquities stacked one upon the other would reach all the way to heaven. How did it happen? The gates didn't just open and anything goes and a little allowance was made. Let me tell you what destroys nations. Let me tell you what destroys churches. Let me tell you what destroys homes of good Christian people. You never imagine that what would take place is going to take place. But a little allowance is made. A little ignoring a commandment here. A little giving in an area here. And a little bit of pressure comes and we'll give in to that area. and We'll make an allowance for... Uh, so we don't want to fight that battle here or that battle there. And we never think that there's a generation coming. We never think it can get as bad as it's going to get. Sin, it, once it makes its way in, is not going to be satisfied. Then another allowance has to be made, and another allowance has to be made, and another allowance has to be made. And before we know it, we're embarrassed to even show our face to God. And what's the lesson? Hold the line. Don't budge. If I could be personal just for a moment, maybe, maybe help all of us tonight. As a preacher, the older I get, the more clear I draw the lines around me. I'm not going to let my enemies change me, but I'm not letting my friends change me either. Why? Because a little allowance is going to lead to something. So you young adults that are in the service tonight... You have to hold a line when you're living in mommy and daddy's house. Because they've got rules. But now you've got a little bit of freedom. You say, well, this is, it might not be that big of a deal. And I, I know what's preached from behind the pulpit. But I'm going to give an allowance in this area. A little further down the road than you thought you'd ever be, aren't you? What so many Christians discover the hard way. It is harder to get out of the pit 
than it was to get in it. A little bit of allowance. What happened? How did they get? How did they get from Moses? One of the greatest figures in the Bible. The greatest leader of God's people. A man, as I've preached on before, who knew God face to face. God talked to Moses and Moses talked to God like they were best friends. Scripture tells us that God, Moses spent so much time with God that his face glowed. The people could see it. And as Moses leads them to that land that God has given them, said, go possess it. How do we get from that to now the nation is in such disarray that we're embarrassed to even look because of the, the lack of separation and, and, the, and, and the abominations, as Scripture calls it, that have taken place. It didn't start. It didn't happen all at once. Allowance leads to excess. Parents, let me give you some good advice. Don't ever forget that. The little bit that you allow will lead to excess. If I give in this little bit, it leads to excess. And I'll help you. Some of you don't understand why you say, well, Pastor, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? And it might be a good idea. Can we paint this? No. Because I'm trying to protect me. Because a little bit of allowance comes to excess. Christian, hold the line. Don't give in. Allowance leads to excess. And number four, and finally we'll be done. We see in verse, as we go through verse number 11, the land into which you go to possess it, it is an unclean land with the filthiness of the people of the lands with their abominations which have filled it from one end to another with their uncleanness. Verse 12, Now therefore give not your daughters unto their sons, neither take their daughters unto your sons, nor seek their peace or their wealth forever, that ye may be strong and eat the good of the land, and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever. There's a, there's a line in there. It's that, this isn't my point, but, but I have to point it out. That ye may be strong and eat the good of the land. The land that God had given them, the fulfillment of the promise God had given them was enough. They didn't need the other people. They didn't need the pagan people. They didn't need those that God said their abominations filled the land from one end to the other. He said the land was good enough. And Christian... What, let's be reminded tonight, the promises of God are good enough to live on. The promises of God are good enough to build a life on. The promises of God are good enough to build a home on, a marriage on. The promises of God are good enough for the Emmanuel Baptist Church. We don't need the philosophies of this world because God's promises are enough. Quit flirting with the world. Quit flirting. Look at their success rate. Why is it that Oh, we want, to, we, want to, we want our young people to emulate Hollywood and the professional athlete. Look at their lives. God's promises are good enough to live on. But notice that last phrase, and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever. 
Fourth lesson we need to learn when possessing the land is this. We must remember that to always think of those coming behind us. A lot of Christians are selfish. A lot of Christian parents are selfish. They say they care about their kids, but I would challenge them that they don't. And the reason is, is because they want to take a spiritual inheritance away from them for their own satisfaction, for their own ease. Parents, let me remind you, grandparents, let me remind you, the greatest thing you can leave those coming behind you is a spiritual legacy, a spiritual inheritance. I would much rather them have a church to go to for generations and years to come than anything else that you could provide for them. I'm for family things. I'm for vacations. I take them. I'm for all of those things. And let me give some of you some advice here. Quit being so stingy and take your kids on a vacation. Well, that went over like that. You ain't got it. You don't have to spend it. You don't have to spend a lot of money. But they'll remember what they do more than what it was you bought them. But take a vacation. But it's more important that they have some spiritual things left behind than anything else. And as God's people possessed that land, they took a hold of the promise that God had made for them. They made a lot of mistakes. They left the commandments of God. They, 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 they gave up their separation. They made some allowances that led to excess. But they forgot that there's another generation coming behind them. And are we not seeing that in our own nation today? There's a generation that don't want to fight any battles and they're just leaving everything for the next generation to take care of. Friend, we've got to remember that there are others coming behind us. And I don't know what God is going to do in this generation, but I know that as the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, it's my responsibility, among other things, as the pastor to hold the lines of Scripture, to preach the truth, to say this is where we stand. It may make me very unpopular. It may make me the scourge of society. But I just hope and pray that there's another generation that comes behind and they have something that they would not have had. Hey, Mom and Dad, you may have to make some sacrifices. You may, you may be on the outside of the next uh, family reunion, but understand something. Those children that live in your house, they deserve to have the spiritual opportunities that come behind, that come behind you. It's sad to see people who once served and now you meet them years down the line. The children who were once 10 are now 15. Not being unkind, but you can see the world on them. The innocence that you once saw in those little eyes, it's not there anymore. And it's heartbreaking because it was not their decision. 
there was the generation ahead that said, I just don't want to pay a price anymore. I'm going to make an allowance. Not thinking the very thing that they made the allowance in, but bear the very thing that took an inheritance from their children, from their grandchildren. God had given them a land to possess that was to be passed in, is to be passed from generation to generation. But they didn't think of those coming behind. Let me let me close like this, and it may it may it may help some of you as we have relocated and we move forward in the just because I close that don't mean nothing, just just so you know. Uh, as we move forward <clears throat> in the weeks and months and years ahead, I want us to enjoy. Don't we enjoy week in and week out what God does? I want us to enjoy all that we can enjoy as the Emmanuel Baptist Church. And I want us to reap the fruits of labor and sacrifice and the blessings of God. But as your pastor, I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you to complete this phase the next phase, and the next phase. And maybe some of you are scratching your head and saying, Pastor, we've got 20 acres, that trees are still standing. Why do we need to buy four more acres? Because there's a generation coming behind us. I don't know how long the Lord will tarry His coming. But the Lord tarries His coming, and it's time for this generation as we age and pass off the scene. I want there to be something left behind for another generation. The generation after them. The generation after them. To not just enjoy, but be able to reap the spiritual fulfillment of what God has given us. As a church, we can't be short-sighted. Many... Many of you in the last year or two, you've, you've got to a place of retirement. And I'm thankful for that. I get excited about that. Because I look at all the skills that you can use down here and let's have some more work nights and this and that. Oh, you work hard all these years. You rear your children, put them through Christian schools in many cases. And you've gotten to this place and you ought to enjoy it. But let me just give you a little bit of a caution. There's still a generation that's coming behind. Be faithful. Be faithful. Leave an example. Work to leave something behind. Every generation has that responsibility. I, I look on paper and, and I'm meeting with our architects and look at all the things that we want to build and I realize if the Lord tarries us coming and He allows us to do all that He's put in my heart, we're going to be building for a long time. Long enough for me to use my life to build it and then pass it on to somebody else. A part of me likes that, but part of me don't like that. Because I know how much sleep I get and I don't get. I know how much of a burden and responsibility it is and it's going to be. But isn't that the way it's supposed to be? Today's God and Country Sunday. Those men who died on foreign field at 18 and 19 and 20 and 21 years of age, 
they certainly paid, paid it all. So that people they would never meet. For people who could never say thank you could enjoy what they never got to enjoy. Those of you who are grandparents, don't you enjoy the freedom you have to go visit your grandchildren, to have them come over and then send them home? There are soldiers who died on foreign fields who didn't live long enough to even have children. So you could have the freedom that you have. So, Pastor, I just want to enjoy some things. I think we ought to enjoy the promises of God. But should we not balance that with that there are others going to come behind us? I may never get to see them graduate from a Christian school. But there's some that will graduate from a Christian school. Maybe because of sacrifices I've made. I may never live to see... A generation from now, every little boy and girl that will get on a bus and come to a church service and get saved. But the sacrifice that I make now, the faithfulness that I show now, is going to be another part of that foundation for another generation. See, somewhere along the line, there was a generation that stopped being faithful. They made the allowances. They broke from the commandments of God. We, as God's people, we've got to hold to the commandments of God. We've got to always remember that there are others coming behind us. I, I say this, and I say it, say it again tonight to, to, to parents. Sometimes there might be something you don't like, hypothetically. There might be a stand I take or something I say that just rubs you the wrong way. And all you have to do is... Is, is look around, there's literally hundreds of other churches to choose from. But I would say this to you again. Would you not overlook that offense for the sake of those children that ride in the car with you to Sunday school? Could you not overlook some things? Well, I'm just never... What, what about those that are going to come behind you? What about those who you have an opportunity to set up their spiritual future. It'd be a real shame that the Sunday you decided to just drop out, that was the service, that was the sermon, that was the message that God had sent that was going to work in the life of your loved one. All I'm getting us to do tonight is just be reminded that it's bigger than us. Teenagers, young people, give your life to God. Serve God. Well, I want a little bit of time to serve God. You've got one life. And it goes by quickly. Serve God with your life. When I stand before God, I want to have something to show from this life that He gave me. More than I just knew how to have a good time and there's somebody coming behind you as a church God's been good to us we had that theme possess the land possess the land get all from God that we can get in the days ahead I want us to be reminded of some lessons to learn the children of Israel made a mistake they made several 
And I believe if we learn from those and avoid those, that God can continue to bless us. God can continue to bless us. And God can continue to bless us so that we might do more for Him. I want every member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church to receive the blessings of God. I want God to bless you. I want God to do for you. I want you to know what it's like to just feel like, God, you've just been so good. Could you be, could you be any better? You're just, you're just so good to us. You're so, I want that. So if we're going to have that, if we're going to keep that, we've got to stay away from some mistakes that were made. Stay with his commandments. Stay with his commandments. Don't drop your separation. I know you're 19, you're 20 now, but that Bible's still true. Your parents taught you right. Your pastor taught you right. Don't drop your separation. Well, some of you are going to find out the hard way. The reason why the world's after you is because you are different. And when they make you exactly like them, you're not special anymore. And you'll find you're not popular anymore. Now don't drop your separation. There's others coming behind you that you can help. Father, I pray tonight that...